0: Whether you're new to the Wiregrass area, or you've been here your whole life, you're gonna learn something new about the community. Hey, this is Bethany B, and this is episode 41 of Welcome to the Wiregrass. And joining me today, again, you may have recognized her before, is Jennifer Doherty, with Sea Act, and I still always mess up your name, and I've known no, you, you don't. forever. You said it perfectly. I did perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you did it perfectly. I'm learning. Doherty. 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 Yeah, so, I had to learn it too. It's, <laughs> it's my northern accent, it gets me every time. <laughs> so, you're here to tell us updates with Sea Act, and mm-hmm. there's a play that is coming in just a few days which i'm super excited about because it's a really cute play yeah it is cute. so but first what are some updates you can tell us about sea act which is southeast alabama community theater you got it and the <laughs> upcoming season <laughs> Well, we've gotten that question quite a
1: bit because um, people might remember that we actually had to cut short our last season, which was 2019-2020. We run a season that begins July 1st, and it runs through the following June 30th. So we were scheduled to have a show called An Inspector Calls at the end of April, beginning of May. And by that time, we were all well into coronavirus yes. times, which is, I, return, I just refer to it as corona time. And so any time <laughs> my child asks the question, can I go here? Can I do this? And I say, it's Corona time. We cannot do that (laughs) right now. But anyway, so that was very disappointing. Our season ticket holders were so generous, and most of them donated that ticket money back to us. Oh, good. We were dark for quite a while and we weren't quite sure what was going to happen with summer youth theater camps which of course we do every year and it's just been a very uncertain time but I am excited to say that there will be a 2020-21 season we've spent a lot of time our board of directors and our active artistic directors have spent a lot of time really taking into consideration what would make an audience feel comfortable, how can we reassure our public that we are managing the safety guidelines and all of the things you know the masks and the hand sanitizer and all of the things so as a small volunteer community theater company those are some pretty big questions and it's hard to pivot To go from big sets and big costumes and lots of things, you know, big, heavy, really financial investments, to pivot and think about a different way of presenting creative opportunities to our audience. We will have a season. It's going to look a little different. It's going to be, I would say, smaller in a lot of ways. Not necessarily fewer productions, but We've had to not only think about audience size, which will have to be smaller, at least per performance, if we're still observing the physical distancing that comes with the way that we're managing our lives (laughs) these days, but also a lot of people don't realize that we have to think about the backstage as well and you've been backstage yeah. <laughs> and you know that I mean it's as cramped as a locker room mm-hmm. in a sports arena you know there's just not a lot of room to move let alone breathe and, and maintain distance so we're dealing with smaller audiences we're dealing with much smaller casts and then much smaller budgets just because uh, 50 to 75 percent of our operating revenue comes through ticket sales and when you have fewer seats because you've had to take several of them out of the room you know you know, we have to think about that on the back end so it is not uncommon for SEAC to invest on the front end 20 to 25 thousand dollars and then the total cost of a show can run 40 to 50 thousand dollars and and again we make a lot of that back through ticket sales so this season that front end investment is has got to be smaller we have to manage that because we have to be thinking three to five years ahead yeah. we want to be here when that happens. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really proud of our board of directors and the folks that, that spend a lot of time with Southeast Alabama Community Theater because we've really spent a lot of time thinking about those things and making sure that we're going to be here for the future.
0: I hope so because obviously I love Seattle. I pretty much <laughs> like my second home. I've been anxiously waiting. I'm like, I can't wait for the season to start, but it's hard because like you said, social distancing and everything. Even Mm -hmm. like an like if you're sitting in the auditorium, you have to sanitize everything. Like that's a lot of work to just after, during
1: and we don't have janitorial staff and you just have to think about a lot of extra things. And also we we did an internal survey recently with patrons. There were about fifty percent were season ticket holders and about fifty percent were people who had Just attended our shows in the past. And the good news is, is that there are a lot of them that are, they say they're ready. They'll come when we open, they're going to be there. I would say the majority of them say that they're ready to come um, in the fall as long as we have social distancing and some of the things incorporated into the whole process of coming to the theater. But we can't ignore that there was a significant percentage of them Mm -hmm. that just say they're not ready. We need to respect that and uh, we need to prepare for it. Like I said, we've sort of right-sized our season to the place that we are right now. We're making sure that we put ourselves in a really good position for when all of this is gone, we are going to you know, come back gangbusters and, and sort of be more of the bigger things that people have expected from us. It also brings an opportunity to do a few new and different
0: things, mm-hmm. though, like Almost Maine yeah. that we'll be talking about. So. And being more creative, which... Sea act is already creative enough because it's a theater, but now it's like we have to think outside the box with everything. Right, right, which usually kind of brings new things, you know, new ideas to the table, things
1: that maybe we thought that we weren't ready to do. For example, in June, we took our summer camps online, and we did some virtual summer camps through the Zoom platform, which I think a lot of people became familiar with that. You were seeing a lot of that in your social feeds. And one of our camp directors, what do old people do when they can't figure out technology? Well, they get a little young newbie yeah, snake like yourself. Yeah, we go find some young person who knows how to do this. Yeah. And, and ours is Abigail Phillips, who has run a lot of our off-site yeah. camps. And she scheduled and brought two of those camps successfully online to sort of a virtual space and the feedback was really great. It is a little bit sad that we're directing people from their screens to another screen, (laughs) you know, to experience something. It worked really well. We've got her completed. They put little shows together during that period. The completed shows are um, on our Facebook page. Oh, cool. So people can get an idea of what we've done. Will we ever do it again? I don't know. I mean, that was maybe born of necessity, but you also can make this process available to to people who, number one, they don't necessarily have to be mm-hmm. local, right? They can Come in, sign up. From, we, had a, we had a youth from Texas that took her class. In thinking about access, you really can access a lot, a, a greater population. Yeah. But of course, being online creates other access issues for populations that don't have ready broadband, very mm-hmm. good broadband. And unfortunately in Alabama, that is an issue yeah. um, and even in our own community. So it was a step that we took that was successful and now we know we can do it and that's cool
0: it's a great option too because like my family my relatives were always in another state so they could never go see my things right so yes we're in the pandemic and everything but at least other families out of state like the relatives can actually see their family members right, perform. Right, and right, I know that probably means a lot to the kids, too. Yeah,
1: for the kids especially, it's easier because that stuff is easier to license. When we get into full-scale productions, that gets a little bit harder, and that's really long, boring paperwork story <laughs> of who has the rights and who can grant you the rights and contract obligations, and I usually use the analogy people are really familiar with the music industry and the fight for those songwriters to get paid and every time you play the song and all that it's very similar in the theater world where we apply to license a production and the publishers that we work with They only have the ability to to license a show for a live theater production. Well, the pandemic has completely changed that business and they've had to actively search for playwrights who would be willing to offer live stream licenses. And John Curiani is one of those for Almost Maine.
0: I saw that Broadway I don't know the correct term, but not until like 2021. Yeah, they've extended their dark period. period, Yeah, they're going to stay dark
1: until sometime in 2021. And and I wouldn't necessarily look at that as a bellwether for us. It's certainly depressing, you know, (laughs) if you love theater, because Mm -hmm. Broadway is such the pinnacle of theater presentation, whether it's musicals or dramatic plays. We try to keep in mind where we are geographically. Weird, though, that New York really is doing much better these days and we're kind of going down the toilet <laughs> right now <laughs> wear your masks people if you wear your masks theater can come back sooner yeah. we just try to keep in mind how our community is doing and how our community feels about being in close quarters and although the theater has always been sort of a sensitive place anyway i mean i mean don't you sit there and you hear somebody cough two mm-hmm. rows over and you're like oh i wonder what mm-hmm. disease they're carrying yeah. you know you're already kind of super sensitive about it. So we'll we'll stay mindful about that and and I guess I kind of look at the 2021 season as hopefully an interim season where you'll see some new and different things from Seact and then hopefully we'll get over the hump in terms of virus transmission, maybe even a vaccine, fingers crossed, where we can move into a space where people can welcome back a bigger musical, bigger audiences, those kinds of things.
0: Like Mamma Mia. Yeah, like Mamma Mia. Which oh, you have such a small role in, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell
1: you what, if we had to go dark, you know, go out with the virus coming in, that was the way to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> you, we got so lucky with Mamma Mia. Right. And it's really a bookmark for yeah. so many people. They're like, oh, one day I was watching Mamma Mia and then the next day I was quarantined in my house yep. for three months. That was that was very exciting for us and, and very lucky
0: oh yeah cuz there's so much hard work that goes into it right so I've been such like a disappointment if you guys put because it was like three months of work that goes into it and to not put it on and the front-end financial investment which is
1: exactly what I'm talking about had we had to shut down that show it wouldn't have put us out but it would have been a devastating blow For the company just to try to come back from we were very lucky and inspector calls was an unfortunate um, casualty and then our June summer camps we didn't have those live but we did do the virtual thing so that was good we are working on uh, I mean we have filled up camps for July so we've got on-site camps that that are happening in fact it's a waiting list right now which we don't usually do but Under the circumstances, it seems wise that there may be something that comes up with somebody's family, whether it's coronavirus related or not. We are taking waiting list registrations for that, but those camps are even going to look a little bit different. The class sizes are much, much smaller. We're following the CDC guidelines and the Alabama Department of Public Health guidelines for day camps, which limit class sizes. They maintain the students with the same counselors, so kind of in pods, so that if one does get sick, not having to cancel your entire camp, but there are several that cannot come back. We will have masks and we'll have the check-in process that I think has become very familiar to people where you get asked the questions have you been in contact have you been sick those kinds of things and then just lots and lots of hand sanitizer (laughs) so much hand sanitizer so much hand sanitizer (laughs) (laughs) but you know we just we tried to create a a hybrid where we've got a safe experience but it still has to be a fun experience otherwise why are you going to go to theater camp. Yeah. But it is a little bit awkward because uh, one of our goals in theater camp with these kids is to sort of get them uninhibited mm-hmm. about doing foolish things and saying foolish things and talking in front yeah. of other people and, and being very physical and big like we are on mm-hmm. stage and corona times you just are really, you kind of want to just crawl in your shell and <laughs> and hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And literally not talk to somebody because you're thinking about yeah. the aerosols and the science and you know all the things. So we think we've created a really good hybrid I know the kids are going to have fun.
0: Where can they register? Well, I know you said there's a waiting list Mm -hmm. to get on the waiting list. Where can they sign up for that? At SEAC.com. And just for convenience sake, we've got all the links just right on our
1: homepage. So S-E-A-C-T.com. The only thing I would keep in mind is that that waiting list, you might find out that Monday morning. We've got a camp. We've got three weeks of camp. They'll be the 6th through the 10th. And I'm not going to remember these dates exactly without looking at a calendar. The 13th through the 17th, I believe, and then the final week of July, which would be the 20th through the 24th.
0: I think I did it. Mm -hmm. I think I got them all. You got it. I would have totally butchered that, but you did great. (laughs) I
1: talk about it enough I really should know all of the dates. So three weeks of camp, limited class sizes, lots of hand sanitizer, but lots of fun. And masks. And masks. Yes, and masks. (laughs) The new wardrobe for the year. (laughs) Well, and our camp directors, Sam and Eddie Farnham, who do an original play for these kids, they've really tried to incorporate some of the coronavirus stuff just into the plot so that it makes a little bit more sense that there are masks and, you know, hand sanitizer. And this is kind of cool. We're using hula hoops to help with our social distancing. Cool. Yeah, so I think it'll be fun.
0: I know some people are using pool noodles yeah. for social distancing, too. Right, right. Which I feel like could kind of be like a weapon. but <laughs> Well, but a soft weapon. A soft weapon. A very safe weapon. And we were mentioning this Earlier, but Almost Maine is a play (laughs) and it's a virtual play that you're putting on. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, Almost Maine, if you're familiar with really community theater, I can't remember
1: when it was written, but it was in the early 2000s. And this show has been done by hundreds and hundreds of high schools and community theaters. And I think the reason is, number one, the characters are just adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, They're real. They're not caricatures, but they're very familiar and the show is intended to reflect real situations. But there's just this little magical thread that goes through the plot. And when I say the plot, I use that term loosely. The reason that this play lends itself to a virtual setting is because it's really a series of vignettes. Each of those vignettes only has two to three people in it, mostly two We've recruited married couples and people that are kind of potting together. Have you heard of that? Where, yeah. you know, people get with their neighbors and they're all potting together. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be careful. We, we want people to understand that they're going to be in proximity with somebody. So we've got people that are comfortable being with other people. But most of the rehearsals have actually been through the Zoom platform or one of the live social media platforms. And you'll see some of the vignettes are recorded with the two parties are still separate. They're either on a Zoom call together then we do have several my husband and I for instance obviously we're potting together and
0: so it's all separate right, right. so
1: we're in the same space and there's 19 characters and like I said, they're in twos and threes and we're slowly recording each of those vignettes and then we've got our resident Yippie Snoop, Abigail Phillips, mm-hmm. who will then edit all of those recordings together and we'll do the presentation on July 9th at 7 p.m. It is specific. We can't just slap it up there and let anybody mm-hmm. watch it and share it because it is a licensed production that we were able to get the streaming rights for. It's exciting because, again, we're going to miss out on some opportunities this coming season because of the the pandemic and the way that things are but we've created a few new opportunities to do something new and you know will we do it again? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how it goes over but honestly registrations for the tickets are going very well. Go ahead. It's obviously unlimited. Anybody can register and it is free to view. We just ask that people well I mean they have to register in order to get the password protected link because we do have to report back to the publisher how many people actually logged in and saw the production so it will There'll be a limited window, but if you register at SEAC.com and you kind of go through the ticket buying process, mm-hmm. but it's $0, yeah. then we kind of we collect all of your information and we'll send you that email that gives you the access. And the viewing window is probably going to be, I'd say, two or three hours on okay. July 9th,
0: but starting at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. I already registered. <laughs> Me and my cat, we're going to approach Amazon. Now you've probably seen almost Maine before. I, yeah, I have. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was newer, though. I thought it was later than 2000, so that's actually kind of cool. So, Well, I, you know, I
1: think that too, but let's remember that the year 2000 was 20 years ago. A better time. <laughs> I mean, that was actually a long time ago, so this guy's gotten a lot of mileage mm-hmm. out of the show, but the reason is because it is a very, it's just like I said, the magical thread that weaves through it. It's about love and loss and just these real conversations that people are having with each other. Some of them end happily. Some of them don't end happily. The playwright is very specific that these are real people. It is his personal love letter to Northern Maine, so it's kind of funny to be presenting it in the middle of (laughs) July when it feels like it's a thousand degrees outside. But people shouldn't let that Put it off because one of the talents of the playwrights, not just John Cariani, but most of them is to really make those situations relevant to anybody. They're very much the everyman experience. So we're excited about it.
0: I'm excited for. I'm excited to see you and your husband perform together. Oh my too.
1: gosh! Well, you know, we, you know,
0: because it is almost Maine, a lot of the scenes are outside in
1: Maine. So we <laughs> got out our old ski parkas <laughs> and ski bibs, and I didn't have any ski boots, so we tried to cut our feet out of the picture. Um, and we're sweating in our dining
0: room <laughs> trying so to do high. the recording,
1: <laughs> and I can just see the sweat dripping down poor Mike's face. And we're like, turn down the AC, you know. But fortunately, we. Would got it in just a couple of takes so Good.
0: <laughs> so you can register at cact.com mm-hmm. and it's free zero dollars zero dollars <laughs> we are asking
1: for donations at checkout but it's not necessary and also if you do register you'll be entered to win a special prop from the recording cool. and we're not telling anybody what it is but it is a signed piece of artwork that has been um, done especially by John Beeson, local artist. Love John Beeson. Right, his stuff has um, been in Mural City Coffee, mm-hmm. and um, he goes to all of the shows and and has done a, amazing commissions for people. Uh, just just a very talented guy. He does a lot of our scene work, our mm-hmm. you know set building and things. And so he's done something special for just almost Maine. And anybody who registers to view it is going to be entered to win that special thing.
0: Cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I know you're just talking about donations. Mm-hmm. So how can people donate to SEACT in general? In general, they can call me up. (laughs) (laughs) Call Jennifer. (laughs) Um,
1: We just try to make it as easy as possible. So there are a million different ways you can give to SEACT. Obviously the website is the quickest and probably the easiest. There's a big old button that says donate and um, it's a secure checkout. It's processed through PayPal. You can um, use a PayPal account or you can use any credit and debit card. Um, You can always mail us Check. Sometimes that makes people feel more comfortable, and we're located inside the Cultural Arts Center at 909 South St. Andrews Street. Um, you can call me at the office if you can catch me. I'm usually running around. <laughs> um but but we just uh we we do take donations year-round. There is a donation piece that's part of our season ticket package, and we'll be making that available in the next couple of weeks. It is especially daunting to To look at what we'll be doing and really put ourselves in a position to just hope we can cover our expenses we know lots of businesses are facing that this year just like us many of them have been closed for several weeks several months even and it's gonna take time for all of us to get back up on our feet but I would say that I like to ask people what they've been doing in their homes or in their off time or their forced vacation or furloughs most people are engaging in the arts in some way. They are uh, I just talked to somebody this morning. They've read more books, you know, this spring and summer than they've ever read in their whole mm-hmm. lives and they're seeking the museum tours that are online and they're participating in our virtual camps and we've encouraged people to watch as much streamed theater as possible. Like the National Theater UK made several productions available. It's not the same experience, but People have been seeking that. We want to be here for them in the future. So facing the loss in ticket sales, we are asking people to consider donating or just doing whatever they can as we go forward. And, and we've already experienced an incredible amount of generosity in the community. We always can count on our Wiregrass. I love so, the Wiregrass
0: community. Yep. Mm-hmm. They've, we've come a long way, especially with the pandemic. So <laughs> Everyone's sticking together, which right. is really nice to see. Yeah. Be sure to register for Almost Made if you haven't done so already. And keep checking back to SEAC.com for more updates. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, Bethany. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Wiregrass. Brought to you by the radio people.